Wake up, America, before it's too late. The Steve Day Show. Greetings. Happy Friday. Welcome to the Steve Day Show here live and on demand on Blaze TV, radio and podcast. I'm Steve Dace with Todd Erzin, Aaron McIntyre, New York talk show host Shannon Joy will be joining us here in a few minutes for the Dace Group. Good news, gentlemen. I know you were concerned about this. Uh, for some odd reason, uh, we had, I mean, frankly, failed. I'm not really sure how else to describe it, but I did just get another Google alert. We are back in the Media Matters weekly newsletter again this weekend. Nice. Yes. So, I mean, we had a Cal Ripken Jr. like streak going there in 2023 where we were just pretty much in there every week. I mean, we had like our own section in the Media Matters newsletter, and I don't know what we've been doing wrong so far in 2024, but it has, um, uh, it, I, I have found it personally disappointing. Uh, but uh, we are back in it again this week. So what do we do right? I have no idea. I'm not going to give them the clicks to find out. It just gave me the cl- uh, okay. Just I, I'm, I, it showed up in the Google alert that we're in there. I'm not going to click on it to find out. You know, I'm not going to raise their engagement. But uh, I, I do appreciate the publicity from them, nevertheless. Also appreciate our friends over at First Cup Coffee Company. They're a Christian-owned Patriot Coffee Company that has the same values you do, while they also make. A pretty hella coffee. So, if uh, you are looking for a freedom for or a flavor for every freedom-loving American, they're not going to sell you a burnt coffee like the big box stores. Uh, instead, it's shipped within days of being roasted. In fact, the the roast date is right there on each and every bag. Just go to firstcup.com and use code DACE and save an additional ten percent on your order. If you do that, code DACE at firstcup.com. Uh, and if you and that's to save ten percent. And if you subscribe, you can save an additional. 10% for the life of the subscription. Again, that's promo code DACE at firstcup.com. Promo code DACE at firstcup.com. Coming up next hour, we will get to Feedback Friday, but let us begin with the Dace Group. Your weekly look at the week that was begins, as it always does, with issue one, Bleep Lord Nefarious Says. Here's your reminder that unless someone tells you their gender, you literally have no way of telling. And yes, that includes your own children. Of course, the infamous 50-year-old man who identifies as a 13-year-old girl, that allows Nicholas uh, to swim with the teenage girls. Oh, and by the way, change and shower with them as well. Even though it's against world aquatic rules, he should be competing in another division, other as in transgender division. It's disgusting, but no, he is so entitled, he insists on swimming with real biological girls. We finally have a definitive answer to where Nicholas Sapita changes and showers. It is in the girls' dressing room. I saw it myself with my own eyes. Teachers think she's an angel. Her two little brothers disagree. She's a pastor's kid. She loves to acolyte and sing in the choir. She's also transgender. To me, Being transgender just means being myself. It means being who God made me to be. It's not about how I act or what I wear. It's who 
I am. Many, maybe most legal systems are based on this idea, this belief in human rights. But human rights are just like heaven and like God. It's just a fictional story that we've invented and spread around. Just as jellyfish and woodpeckers and ostriches have no rights, homo sapiens have no rights also. Take a human, cut him open, look inside, you find their blood and you find the heart and lungs and kidneys, but you don't find there any rights. I think abortion should be unrestrictive. And I think when somebody finds out in pregnancy, when or how far along that they are when someone finds out, they should be able to get an abortion if they want to. And for some people, that is full term. If I can't get abortion training here, if I can't perform abortions in my career, I will not stay in Wisconsin. And a lot of my colleagues who are on the same track agree. What is the expertise that you have and other Moms for Liberty advocates have to decide that a book, an award-winning book like All Boys Aren't Blue isn't appropriate for students to read? Hey, Governor Whitmer, how's it going? Hi, Professor Potato. I wanted to share some Yukon gold news with you, my best foot. Don't mess with the women in America unless you want to get the benefit. It is used to make the blue beard in this refinery. Oh, Earth Rider, thanks for the Great Lakes. Could not have said it better myself. Let's get to the first question. Ladies first, and the guest always goes first. So, Shannon, uh, what that you just saw most disgusted you and why? Well, all of it is bizarre and de demonic, and you, you really uh, wonder you know, about the times that we're living in right now because it's all just so crazy. But I have to go with Yuval Harari. Uh, I think if anybody wants to understand the future, they imagine and envision for human beings uh, in the 21st century. He's you know, with the World Economic Forum and an advisor, a guru of sorts to people like Klaus Schwab. I recommend your audience read and watch everything you possibly can of Yuval Harari, because he, he lays out exactly the sentiment, the way that those who run things at the WEF, the way that they feel about humans, we are soulless, we are meaningless, we have no value or dignity, we are no better than cockroaches or a herb, we infest the planet, they look at us as human weeds, useless eaters, commodities, uh, they want us corralled, controlled, and commoditized, and we are the essential component in their 21st century economy. They look at the human being as the single most valuable resource on the face of the planet, and they want to own every single one. And if people don't understand that, then uh, you're not going to survive. And so this is, we are the building blocks of the 21st century economy, which they see us as uh, the, the experiment, the product, and the consumer. And they will do anything they want with our bodies. And so this is the sentiment that people need to understand. And sadly, it's the sentiment that the leaders of the Republican Party, the conservative movement, Con Inc., and most Republicans in elected office today have no clue about. So that, I'll go with Yaval Harari. Todd. Just wanted to get up and walk out, quite frankly, uh, after that. <laughs> it's the uh, Evangelical Lutheran Church of America. And why, by the way, the largest evangelical yeah. Lutheran church in America Ugh. Yeah. is 10 minutes about about 10 minutes from where we're broadcasting today. In fact, that's yeah. a, and that's uh, one of the, if not the largest uh, denominations. Yeah. Um, and you had 
It just wasn't some person in isolation. Huge crowd of youth, apparently, cheering. All that weirdness up there. All of that weirdness is ultimately on the shoulders of the normies in your denomination du jour. Pick pick mine, pick whoever, that re- react to that. It, it's, it, it's, not, it's not indifference. It's actually applause there. So the other side is going to win. We can com- we can complain about all the crazy all we want to. If that's Christianity, game over. Aaron. Shannon uh, articulated everything I wanted to say about Yuval Noah Harari perfectly and all of the reasons why you should study him. Uh, and she laid that out perfectly, if, except for one thing I, I will say. You heard him say that if you cut open a human being, you won't find any rights there. I, I just like to say, if you've all know a Harari tries to cut me open, I have two very good friends. They're named Smith and Wesson, and they will be quick to remind him that human beings do indeed have rights. There so let's go. go to that chick in Wisconsin. I, I just I don't know about you, but I don't find the argument. If you don't let me murder full term babies, I'm leaving the state. I don't find that a compelling. Her argument. terms are acceptable. Yeah, I, I don't yeah. find that a compelling argument. So bye, Felicia. A child who stands up at a religious assembly and says, God made me this way, and people applaud. I, if this has permeated down to that level, meaning that we are outside of the normal enclaves of the spirit of the age that we often lament about here in quote-unquote conservative media, academia, um, you know, corporate media, right? Okay, if, if it is permeated down to this is, this is now influential within major church denominations, How do we how do we come back from that? What is what is the what does the comeback from that look like? I'm asking. I'm not I'm not saying we can't. But I I would like to know because sweet meteor of death. <laughs> it it seems to me this would require confrontation. Yeah. Right? This this would require other other denominations rebuking this, confronting it directly. Not not just you know, indirectly saying, well, here's where we stand and what the Bible you know. says, but confronting the error itself yes. so it does not metastasize, that it would it would require something like that, yeah. right? It would it would require what we talked about in the overtime yesterday, where I'm going to violate, it's my rule, so I'll violate it, that what is said in the overtime stays in the overtime, but we talked about the Anti-Defamation League uh, essentially using government sources to, or, or feeding government sources on who should be labeled a domestic terrorist. And what did, we, what did we talk about in yesterday's overtime? If we're go, if that's where we are, then we need red states to say the Anti-Defamation League is a terrorist organization. I mean, it requ- it's going to require that level of confrontation. You're not you're not going to be able to like 
and 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 a lot of churches that this is most of orthodoxy what remains of it in America this is what it is it is it is proclaiming the truth alongside these lies but never confronting them directly yeah i mean when 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 paul writes about the true value of circumcision and that it's really now in in the new testament the circumcision of the heart and not the foreskin. When he writes about this to the church in Galatia, he does not do this as an abstract proposition. He does not do this as a, as a neutral philosophical thought, but in direct conflict and confrontation with a specific group, which he calls out, by the way, and addresses, okay? But it's, it's directly to go after a specific group in that community who is spreading a heresy and lying to people. It was not an abstract. It wasn't a white paper. It's a letter. So here, these people are liars. Stop listening to them, and here's the truth directly. And this goes on in virtually all of his epistles. Jesus' first sermon that we record, the Sermon on the Mount, almost every one of the statements that he gives there in that classic sermon begins with a phrase, you have heard it said, but I say. The, the, he, he is directly confronting rabbinic traditions that had that had sprouted up since the diaspora that were extra biblical teachings and he is specifically saying these these traditions and words of men are not canon they are not scripture i'm i'm i am the way the truth and the life i will tell you what the scriptures are because i'm literally the scriptures incarnate he is confronting it directly when he goes to the temple he doesn't just sit there and, 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 and preach his gospel as a neutral philosophical proposition and just kind of hope that the people gathered there in the sanctuary will connect the dots on their own and know who it is or what it is he's talking about. He, look, he says, these blind guides, this brood of vipers, beware the yeast of these people. I mean, he, he confronts them. Yes, he does. And so this, I, this idea that... that well, we just have to show people. I've heard, I've heard great Bible teachers I respect say this. I don't have to focus people on counterfeits. I just need to show them the real thing. Have you guys heard stuff like this? All right. Oh, yeah. The reality is much of the scriptures is confronting counterfeits. <laughs> Otherwise, people won't understand what is the real thing. And, and so I, I just, I don't understand how we're going to get out of this just presenting our views as a theoretical alternative. You see what I'm trying to say? Yeah. Like, like okay, we're going to be on this parallel track. Here's what we think. This is what we think government ought to do. This is the power we think it ought to wield. This is what we think the law is. This is where we think truth is based. And, and never have it intersect with the other mindset that we are up against. At the same time, by the way, they have no problems at all intersecting with us. I just don't know how that's going to work. It's not. And yet that's what we keep trying over and over again. We have Over an, and over again. We have another example. It doesn't matter that's in, Can in Canada. It's happened in other countries, too. A, a full swim meet. <clears throat> the, none of the dads, none of the moms, none of the girls themselves are standing up and saying, enough. The 15-year-old man not only swam with him, but changed with him in the locker room, and nobody did anything. Yeah. 
So, no, there's no argument. It, you, uh, it is full on. I know it's uncomfortable. I know it's not profitable. I mean, I have a successful career. How much more successful would it have been if I had not confronted certain things and people head on, for example? I, I, I read to you guys a letter yesterday. One of the largest Christian family radio shows in the country canceled my appearance uh, to talk about nefarious because it's too dark for them. <laughs> okay, I mean, I, I, I understand there is a cost to pay. I paid it personally. I can't tell you how many people that used to be guests in my home. Just the minute, the minute my seeking of truth gets in the way of the outcome they want, I am a terrible person when before I was their favorite friend. I've, I've lived through all of this many, many times. I understand this. Uh, but I, uh, so I'm not saying this is not easy, but I, I don't understand how we don't lose without confrontation. I just don't. Well, I think that there is, though. I mean, you saw what happened with Chloe Cole in Ohio uh, recently. Governor DeWine vetoed right. the bill, you know, that was protecting trans mutilation. They went back. They overrode his veto. That was a huge victory yesterday. So it's a process for sure. You're right. But it, it's direct confrontation. How did that happen? How did that happen? Like Riley Gaines, for yeah. people like her from their platform, directly yeah. confronted them in real time while this was happening and said, this governor's bad. This legislature needs to do what is yep. good this person should not have voted no i mean directly confronted them yes yes righteous indignation exit question on a scale of one to ten with one being the odds speaker mike johnson will fight on literally anything and 10 being the odds lindsey graham would fight for johnson we're i'm back. sorry i couldn't help we're myself. back i couldn't help i just had to i couldn't help myself i'm sorry i'm sorry i'm a broken vessel here i'm sorry all right Rank this week's level of total depravity, Aaron. Ten. Todd. Ten. Shannon. Ten. Gosh. A wow. A Lindsey Graham joke was actually a palate cleanser yeah. after yeah. that. That's Good right. grief. Yeah. I also couldn't think of anything else, so I'm 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 hanging by a string here, guys. All right. I'm spent. Issue two. Is Texas finally tired of being messed with? It's now at least 25 governors, all Republicans, who've signed a joint letter of solidarity with Texas Governor Greg Abbott, supporting his attempts to buck the Biden administration's demands that he remove razor wire fencing and Texas National Guardsmen from certain areas on the U.S.-Mexico border. The now weeks-long standoff between the Texas state government and the feds culminated with a defiant statement from Abbott to the Biden administration, which read like a miniature declaration of independence. Texas had previously shirked a line given by the DOJ to remove its forces and let Border Patrol take control near Shelby Park in Eagle Pass, Texas. The Biden administration has now reportedly set a deadline of today for Texas to remove its forces. Texas Attorney General Ken Paxton told Fox News yesterday the state has no plans to comply with the administration's edicts. I think I support the governor. He's going to stay. I, I talked to him today for, for a little while and we talked about this very issue and I guarantee you he's going to stand strong. He'll keep putting razor wire up. We'll keep blocking the border. We'll keep doing every Thing that we need to do to protect our state, despite the fact that this ruling, this Supreme Court ruling was so wrong and has such a detrimental effect on our state and our country. All right. First question, Todd, we go to you. All right. This is your, your you know, you've got some of your go-to lines. One of them is from uh, the Hunt for Red October. So that's the opening question. Who blinks? I, I mean, if we're being honest, 
And it's not that I don't have hope, but I'm not sure I have faith on this front. It's probably the governor of Texas. His modus operandi, and Steve, you've pointed out this many times, is that he very much goes with where he perceives the wind blows. And so it often takes somebody casting too big of a shadow within some sphere that he cares about that he feels like he's got to catch up. You've mentioned this in him in relation to DeSantis in the past and other issues. Here, it happens to do with his AG. His AG just won a huge and epic victory. He's kind of cult hero status in Texas, and he feels he has to keep up with that on some level. Now, the irony of all this is that some were worried that Paxton was the one on this falling behind because he didn't follow up the letter with the proper uh, legal citations. And then uh, there's been some follow-up that that may, in fact, not be true, that he did go the way as far as people wanted to. On the buoys, not the razor wire. That's mm-hmm. what that's I, what I understand. So, listen, my I, I'm not... I'm rooting for it, but Abbott is not the guy. You're like, once more into the breach. He hasn't been. And this is... this The stakes of this are... There's some stuff. It's not. It, this doesn't just happen to be big because it's the big thing that's right in front of us now that we're talking about. This is not co- consequential just because it's the border issue, a sovereignty issue, but it has to do with the courts and what we think about almost any issue and who ultimately gets to determine who runs this show. So I, I don't. We have no real reason to believe he's actually up to how big this is. Let's game theory this out, Aaron. All right. Let's say uh, whoever is actually running the presidency on behalf of Joe Biden uh, bows to Democrat pressure publicly to nationalize the Texas National Guard. All right. And order them to go in there and cut the wire down. Okay, Does Greg Abbott, in your view, then send out the Texas Rangers, sheriffs? deputize locals this is the question okay. you have to ask yeah. i mean does, does 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 he blink or does he say no we're gonna uh i see you and i'm gonna i'm gonna raise you uh actually uh, in a state of 30 million people i've got my own uh enforcement mechanisms what do you think happens in that possibility so i think this entire story is a win it's just uh, a question how of how big it could be a relatively small win um, but I am of the opinion I'm going to stick to this until I see otherwise. One of Todd's phrases, the status quo is the status quo until it's not anymore. And the status quo uh, from um, Abbott is that he usually does not like this type of confrontation. So I would say in your game theory, he would probably stand down in that uh, in that scenario. But I think I think this could still be a win. Just it, it's a small victory, but I think just normalizing on the right normalizing language and normalizing uh, ideas about not complying Mm -hmm. with courts, not complying with illegal edicts, not complying, normalizing that on the right, normalizing that amongst the influencer wing and the most uh, kind of right wing supporters of all of these politicians, 25 Republican governors, normalizing that I think is a win because for most of my adult life, the judicial supremacists have been the ones who are calling the shots. Their influence is being diminished. And one thing you need to keep an eye on as well, two, three years ago, Governor Ron DeSantis in Florida reinstituted the Florida State Guard, not mm-hmm. the National Guard. Mm-hmm. He reinstituted the Florida State Guard. That State Guard cannot be nationalized. 
It cannot be federalized, I should say. The federal government can't call up and control the state guard in Florida. The state guard has actually increased its size and capabilities as well. That's a good thing. And then recently, I think just this week, there's a bill that's going to be introduced in the Florida legislature. Which Ron, by the way, just is announced he supports. That he supports this bill that would allow the, the, the Florida state guard, which cannot be federalized, to go to Texas. That's a story to keep an eye on. Shannon, my, just my long-standing history of, de- of being in or dealing with the Republican Party. I will say this has gone further than I would have predicted 48 hours ago yeah. with the various governors and 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 things that and, and people that have come on board. This this does strike me though. I, I'm not sure they understand that where this ultimately needs to go and maybe out over their skis. And it's a little bit like. Yeah, I'll meet you in the playground after school, but I'm kind of hoping the teacher come, shows up to break it up so the fight never takes place, right? Because right. let me give you another game theory. Before we even before we even get to the Supreme Court then issues an order and will to, to, to keep an open border and will Greg Abbott uh, obey that order or not, before we even get to that, Aaron actually teed up where I was going to take you next here. What happens if they want to buckle? But Florida Governor Ron DeSantis comes out publicly That's and says, I, 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 have, I have signed a bill. I can, tr- I can move the Florida State Guard to the Texas, to the bo- to the Texas border. What does Abbott do with that? What does Abbott do well, with that? Okay, what happens yeah. then when Ron DeSantis comes off the top rope and says, hey, I've got 1,500 troops ready from Florida that are ready to go in there and uh, put that r- razor wire up there in defiance of, of Joe Biden's order? What happens? Well, this is what makes this all so interesting and absolutely delicious, because what we're seeing is the Constitution in action. We're watching separation of powers. We're watching, um, you know, checks and balances. We're watching the body politic, the culture coming in and placing pressures. So the answer is, first and foremost, Governor Abbott doesn't want to do this. Governor Abbott never wanted to do this. So let's start there. okay? Um, But he's kind of boxed himself in because his strategy has been to shift these illegal illegal immigrants into the interior of the country via planes, trains, and automobiles for the past two years. So they're dumping these immigrants into these blue cities, which I think, so they, you know, and they're in Portland and San Diego, New York City. And so that has the impact of placing the issue of immigration, which used to be an academic issue for liberals, right in their backyard, which I believe is changing the sentiment mm-hmm. in the country about this. And so this is why you see Bobby Kennedy Jr. coming out before Donald Trump, with a tweet in support of Governor Abbott saying that as president, if he were elected, that Kennedy would secure the border and end this once and for all. You see former liberals like Naomi Wolf coming out before President Trump, right, and saying that the left needs to to screw their head straight on the whole issue of immigration. So this issue is now is it's it's not that Abbott wants to do this. The question is, what are all the pressure points coming in? And it's always a game of trying to get the culture to penetrate the bubble of the consultants and the operatives that mm-hmm. are surrounding Abbott at every given moment. Or, or any DeSantis, any Abbott-style Republican for that. Just fill in right. the blank. Yeah, exactly. exactly. So Ron DeSantis is very important in all of this, and this is why we love him as governor, and we're okay with him not being the presidential nominee, because he can do a lot of freaking damage from Florida. So when he comes out and has a viral video citing the 
Federalist Papers that Clay and Buck, by the way, you know, removed Daniel Horowitz from that reference when they played it, which was so annoying. But that goes viral, 4.4 million views or 6 million views on Twitter. That has the impact of pressuring all the other red governors in the country because then their constituents say, well, why aren't you doing that? Mm -hmm. If Deron DeSantis can do that, why don't you do it? And all of a sudden, you have a signed document with 25 red state governors now placing more pressure on Governor Abbott. Who doesn't want to do this, right? So, but all of this is good. It's healthy. The battle in this in this scenario. Thirty seconds. I think that, Go ahead. Yeah, yeah. Along with Aaron, um, it just is a matter of how big the win. We've already won. We've won on the narrative. Well, I wish we had more time to explore an optimistic take from Shannon Joy. I'm not. Yeah, I'm totally. I'm, I'm off beyond I'm not... intrigued, but we are up against a hard break. So let's get to the exit question on a on a scale of one to ten, with one being how many brothers be flipping to vote Trump, because uh, Tim Carlton Scott is his running mate, and ten being the odds Tim Scott is engaged to his beard. How confident <laughs> are you we will ever truly secure the southern border, Aaron? Three. Todd. Yeah, two. Shannon. Five. See, what I, the hell is going on here? <laughs> what? <laughs> what the hell is wrong so with these people? So bad. <laughs> well, you I, don't understand. When, when I give you guys a 10, I'm super excited. That means it's gotten so bad that we're finally going to hit rock. I'm just waiting for rock bottom. I mean, I'm like, let's go. <laughs> I was thinking about a five, actually, like a 50-50, but... I think it is 50-50 because I agree that with Shannon that Greg Abbott has boxed himself in, but I think Joe Biden or whoever is running the regime, they right. boxed themselves in too. Both sides are kind of, I think, I think both sides are kind of hoping the teacher comes out here at the playground and breaks up the fight. Okay. But the problem is now you can look with what DeSantis and others are doing. You've got another country heard from now saying, no, I, I think this fight needs to happen. I hope the teachers, we the people, and they say, let them fight. All right. We'll come back and we'll continue the day screw in a moment. Last month, drug shortages hit a record high, causing severe disruptions in medical treatments. Uh, these can look like delays, treatment cancellations, maybe even the unfortunate rationing of vital medications. Even drugs as important as the antibiotic amoxicillin are in short supply right now, along with 294 others. Is that bad? Not good. Not good. Um, this is why you want to contact our friends with uh, Chase Medical. Uh, you need the Chase case. It's a personalized emergency kit that contains five essential antibiotics that treat the most common and deadly bacterial infections. And they're constantly working to expand the repertoire as well. They've even av added ivermectin as an option in the Chase case. You can give it as a gift card for a family or loved one. You can customize it to your needs as well. Uh, this helps you to be empowered to uh, take care of your health care yourself and your loved ones too. So get yours today. Use the promo code DACE at checkout for a discount. You won't regret it.
Dace uh, is the promo code at Jace Medical. Dace, the promo code at JaceMedical.com. J-A-S-E, JaceMedical.com. That's JaceMedical.com. Also want to remind you that uh, a week from tomorrow, Saturday, February 3rd, I will be speaking at the Freedom First event for Tennessee Stands in the Nashville area. If you want to get tickets to that, uh, just go to TennesseeStands.org, TennesseeStands, with an S, dot org. And if you are in uh, the Nashville area or you're in Tennessee and don't mind the drive, would love to see you there a week from Saturday, which is a great segue, by the way, <laughs> to our next topic, issue three. Um, is it safe to fly? Just days ago, the front nose wheel of a commercial passenger jet, a Boeing 757, came off of that plane and rolled down the runway at Atlanta's Hartfield-Jackson International Airport just moments before that flight was scheduled to take off. Of course, the big news from earlier this month about that section of a Boeing 737's fuselage blowing off mid-flight on Alaska Airlines made the news as well, with subsequent reporting showing Boeing is concerned the loose bolts that caused that incident are present in many of its other aircraft as well. Boeing this week allegedly scrubbed its webpage on diversity, equity, and inclusion. And then you meet United Airlines CEO Scott Kirby. We have committed that 50% of the class of, of the classes will be women or people of color. Uh, today, only 19% of our pilots at United Airlines are women or people of color. And by the way, from all the data I've seen, that's the highest of any airline in the country. And then you get to know United Airlines CEO Scott Kirby. Those of you listening, he's also a drag queen. What the hell is going on in the airline industry? Yeah, that's Tennessee Stands in Nashville. Coming up on February 3rd. Might want to get your fill of the day show next week. It might be, might be the last will and testament of this program as I hop on a plane to go to Tennessee. Um, you guys hesitant at all to get on a plane these days? Todd, I'll start with you. No, but not because I don't believe that there's real safety concerns that are laid out there. I just, it, that is a microcosm about every place else in society. I mean, which, which place doesn't have the wheels coming off right now? Please give me the institution, starting with the church. It's just, it's just the price of doing business these days. It's chaos everywhere. There's one institution that doesn't have its wheels coming off. It's dudes fighting with lightsabers in the backyard. <laughs> that's, that's exhibit number one, Aaron. By the way, I just saw this clip. Oklahoma Governor Kevin Stittnow also said that he would be willing to send Oklahoma's guard to texas okay so i got a buddy in the iowa national guard he texted me last night he says i'm starting to hear a few rumblings yeah i now i kind of wonder you know there it, we're gonna get back to this topic but frankly given i've got to get on a plane uh, in one week from today it, it's making me nervous but um we've got to close the loop on the conversation we just had fair we have to it there's an old back in the day in hockey what they used to do is you, you only got fined in hockey for fighting if you were the second guy in. 
Okay. They, they were trying to stop like brawls, you know, empty the benches, riots. Okay. So the fine was always the second guy in. And so in the old days of hockey, what teams would do is the backup goalie. If there was a fight and, they, they, and everybody wanted to get involved, they'd throw the backup goalie over the board first. Okay. <laughs> so that he would get fined. Okay. Of course, the team would then split the fine and pay it. All right. And then once they threw the backup goalie in, because nobody cares if he got suspended, he barely plays. Then the rest of the team was safe to come over the boards and get involved. What, what, why, why do I think that analogy applies here? Are we watching a bunch of Republican governors now that's, that are basically saying to Greg Abbott, better you than me. This, is, this kind of thing is long overdue. We're going to throw Greg Abbott over the boards. All right. Throwing Greg Abbott over the boards so that we can then all now get in. Okay, you know, you know what I'm trying to say that he's basically he is being used as a political ghetto pass here, a human shield, essentially. Yeah, you got a great job, Greg. Let's go ahead and make the put the pressure on you even all the more. Let's box you in all the more. So you take all the political heat for this. And we look like the heroes backing you up. Is that happening here? If it is, he's earned that. Oh, of course he has. So sure he has. But I yeah, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. This needs to be sustainable way beyond whatever. What are we on? Day three? I mean. Well, we're on year, th- we're on guys, year three of this. What, I, yeah, but yes. This is what I, I, my frame of reference for this is right now, and believe it or not, I've still never seen it. Right now, I'm watching Band of Brothers. I can't believe I've never seen it, but I never had. I think it's because of when it came out, I was just starting uh, to have kids and, and had gotten married. But, like, they they actually interview the guys at the time, because this was 2001, guys from Easy Company were, you know, men in, in their uh, late 70s and in their 80s. And then you then you watch the actual show. God, we are not, we can't sustain this board. We aren't those men. We have the, the honor when they talk about, I didn't want to let my, my fellow man down, the guy next to me. That's not who we are right now. That's not who we are in Texas. That's not who we are in Iowa. Um, so, yeah, I'm... I'm skeptical. Do you, really, do you really think Biden's military is going to put up a fight? <laughs> I mean, if it really does go down, yes. like, would you put your, what would you put? I don't yeah, know. We, do I think, I, do I think they'll have, do I think they could send the drag queens in to put on a show at the yeah, Texas border? Yeah, yeah. We keep, I, Shannon, I, I understand your instincts on that, but listen, there's yeah. the, the whole back the blue thing. Like there's, we, they will obviously arrest you, Shannon. They'll go yeah, down and right. arrest the mom in the park. We, if they, they sure think will. like the blue and the military is just going to have, con- oh no, they're going to be vicious. Yes, I do think they will. That's why I'm skeptical of this whole right. thing in Texas. I think they will. Yeah. And I think Jesse Kelly, quite frankly, agrees with me. We don't have the game for this. Like a Ruby Ridge kind of thing, like a, like a showdown kind of, I mean, I don't see that. They, they, I don't know. I don't, I, I, I think that this is um, pretty winnable to be honest. And I think that the more people that come behind and around Abbott and continue to box him in, I, you know, I, I can see, I could see Biden backing down on this. Okay. I love this whole conversation. Yeah. Stemmed out of wheels falling off of airplanes. Yes. So. Yes. So let's, Perfect. Let, let's get back to that because frankly, it's all about me and I'm very concerned. Should I, anybody thinking next Friday might be the last Steve Day show um, when I hop on that plane to head to Nashville next Friday night? I mean, you guys are good to go. Yeah. I Have mean, you guys had any conversations with Blaze Management, yeah. you know, about what happens if... Uh, you know, we have some missing bolts on our flight next Friday and whether you guys take over or they're going to move Aaron on. Aaron and I have had these conversations off air before. Like who, like d- bridges are going to collapse. Like, like who, 
Men have all kinds of obsessions that have nothing to do with traditional man stuff. So yeah, things are gonna break, man. Sooner or later, yes. That wasn't that wasn't the answer I was. I tend to think. I mean, my for, my but... propagandar is up on this one. My my propagandar is way up because you see all of these stories that they're pushing out. I mean, it just has all the hallmarks of a psyop to me, especially when you look at um, some of the media that I've seen there. There's a billboard campaign right outside of my house, um, this massive billboard like right down the road from me. And it, it's about air tourism killing the planet and destroying the sustainability oh, yeah. goal. And New York Times has this headline out, the no jet, this is just a couple days ago, the no jet set, they're giving up flying to save the, fl the planet. And then if you look at the agenda items for the great resetters and you look at all of this cumulatively, they want us to eat the bugs, they want this us in the 15-minute cities, they want us to, they, want, they would much rather we voluntarily stop flying than like really try to shut it down. So I think that this is, this, I mean, there's probably, there are definitely issues with pilots who've been double, triple, quadruple jabbed and are, you know, they have a, a shortage of pilots right now. And I'm sure infrastructure wise, there are issues as well. But I mean, the people on the airplanes, they don't want their planes to go down. You know what I mean? Like they don't want airplanes crashing. So this to me looks more like a fear porn psyop than it does um, a, a really huge problem. But you know what? Let me tell you, if they down a few planes and they have a couple plane crashes, well, then that would be a really effective psyop to get people to stop from flying. So, you know, but what are the odds that that's going to happen to you, Steve, that not very high. I think you're going to be fine. I, I mean, I had about the odds of yeah. getting a, a deadly bacterial infection of a strange oh, and unknown origin, true, maybe true. those odds, Aaron, maybe I had similar, yeah, okay. I had similar thoughts to what, what Shannon just articulated earlier this week. Um, and so I don't think that's crazy at all. And I don't, you know, ever, as Todd said, you know, that I took off non-seriously, but to, to go back, um, and, and analyze that seriously. The wheels are coming off of, of basically every institution. We're watching the cloud pivoting of basically every single institution. We're just going to overload it with yeah. bull. Okay, we're just going to overload every single institution with bull and watch it collapse and implode so we can rebuild it in our own image. That's what I think could be happening here. Accidentally, intentionally, I don't know. I will say it's been a long time. I think over a decade I saw, over well over a decade since we had a major air disaster in the United States. We're Push due. for DEI and the fact that we're overdue and that could yep. that could end in a bad place. 12% of the US population is black. 19% of their pilots are black is that what he said right in the clip or women or black or women okay so we don't know what percentage of them are black okay um i mean i even if you just did math how do you get to over 50 percent math is racist you know if you just did math where would where would all the other qualified people come from if you just did math i mean i mean i, yeah, I, I, don't, I don't how do you jump from 19 to 50 I mean, yeah, it's insane. I mean, we're, we're all the, we're all these qualified pilots coming from then. They don't want us flying. Little people don't fly. We, we, we well down this road. It's crazy. Quite frankly, when female firefighters, female cops, even quite frankly, <laughs> but we, we've been doing this for a while. We just keep pushing this and I'm with okay. Shannon on the PSYOP end of things, but let's flip the PSYOP on the other end. Are we sure if a plane crash, a big plane went down? Right now, the media would even cover it. 
How about that for a psyop? Depends Just on like, what yeah, the this who's on the plane? Right. Yeah. What's the agenda? Yeah, who's you on know? the plane? Who's on the plane? Straight up. I okay. mean, who's on it? Yeah. Exit question. If your opinion of the commercial flying experience in America were in ABBA song, which ABBA song would it be? A, take a chance on me. B, Waterloo. Or C, the winner takes all. Aaron. A. A. Shannon. A. Yeah. So this this could be our could be my last week next week. Could be it. <laughs> that could be all. Charter a bus, dude. Come on. <laughs> just just be done with it. <laughs> <laughs> all right, let's get to our kicker topic. All right. So Dusty Deaver is this new is the state legislator in Oklahoma. Uh, that is making a lot of uh, waves because he's attempting to ban all porn and sexting outside of a married couple in the state. Make it a crime. Okay. So if you had the power to ban one thing in your state, what would it be and why? Quickly, Shannon. Um, I'd ban the Department of Education and the Department of Health. Okay. Those are Hate those are good ones. You bet. Oh, the same thing. I was going to say public schools. Gone. Yeah. Make every... Reset. I want to reset as many people's mainframes as possible. Public schools. Yeah. Aaron. What Dusty Devers is doing. I want to thank Todd. I know right now that we are going to be in next week's Media Matters weekly newsletter. Thank you. Based on what you just said right there. Thank you. I need to be clear. I don't want to ban schools. We're going to make it, brother. Thank you. That'll be two in a row. I don't want to ban what Dusty Devers is doing. I want to ban what he is trying to ban. Yeah, I I think we got that, but thank you for clarifying (laughs) just in case. Ban Dusty Devers. Okay, no. All right. Um, Predictions. All right, Todd, go. Uh, I don't think this is a stretch, but I... Either one of the front runners for president of the United States will not either not be alive or be incapacitated by the time we get to November of this year. One of them. I mean, honestly, if if he wasn't the president and you pulled Joe Biden over and you and before you gave him a breathalyzer and just started asking him questions, would you think that he's sober? You see what I'm saying? And this is going to be look. This is going to be insane. It. One of these guys is just, I think they're going to break. Buckle up. 285 days, brother. I know. 285 more days. Aaron. Um, The Lions will actually win this weekend on a late interception, game-sealing interception. Uh, The Chiefs will keep it close until the very end. And uh, uh, I think, is it uh, Justin Tucker, the, the kicker for the, mm-hmm. the Ravens? He'll hit a long field goal as time expires. Don't give me hope. I hate you. I've already accepted the L. I've already accepted that we're getting an L. All right, do not do that. Shannon, go. I think some of the immunity shields are going to go down in 2024. There are a bunch of different lawsuits, different angles being worked right now for the pharmaceutical companies for the COVID-19 vaccines. So I think we're going to see a couple of them tackled and taken down. I think they could, too. I mean, I, I I asked the Florida governor about this earlier this week on the show. Depending on what your grand jury comes back with, would you have a claim against the feds? I mean, if you can't go after yeah. the manufacturers, the feds pushed this, they mandated it. Would you have a claim of some form of malfeasance or fraud against them as a state, right? Sure. Um, yeah. My prediction is Jim Harbaugh's first draft pick with the LA Chargers is going to be Georgia oh, tight end Brock Come Bowers. On. What? It's the most Harbaugh thing 
he could do. No, this his is, first draft pick is a tight end. This is end. the most dace like. Oh, this is the prediction. This is my prediction. Yeah, this is what I got. Yeah. Good. I've got to get got I, to diversify I'm, your. Portfolio, I am going to my risk friend. my life getting on a plane. I'm going to risk my life for America getting on a yes, plane one are. week from today. Don't you step to me, Erzin. I'm laying it on the line. Okay. That's because you're going to get on being drugged up by bizarre predictions of future uh, draft. Ugh. Something. And then we're going to have a lightsaber fight when we land. Thank you, Shannon. Thanks, guys. Thank you. We'll come back. It'll be Feedback Friday when we do. Stay tuned. Back here with Hour 2, live and on demand on Blaze TV, radio, and podcast. Steve Dace here with Totters and Aaron McIntyre and all of you, by the way. Many of you in the inbox are commenting on this shirt. I just want to make sure everybody understands that it is officially Joseph A. Bank, where I purchased this shirt, officially lists the color as canary. All right. Isn't canary a version of yellow? Um, yeah, that's what I thought. That's what it said on the tag. Canary. Okay. Joseph A. Bank. Canary. Canary was the color. Right. I just... Our audience. Right, that's uh, that's, that's yellow. Amazing. amazing. That's yellow. No. Oh, no, no, no. You're right. Okay. Okay. But Taylor we're like... down colored. Well, we hold the line on... On sovereignty, can airplanes stay in the sky? And our, you guys are like, is that a pink shirt? <laughs> no, it's pink. And I dig that about it's you. It's pink. It's pink. Is it? Yeah. Canary is pink? No, it's pink. The shirt that Steve is wearing is pink. I purchased this shirt myself. It's, and it, well, it's, it's pink. Hey, on the tag, it said there's, Canary. It said Canary on the tag. You buried the lead. Okay. Does anything really this, matter other than you said I purchased it myself? Does this look like Steve's shirt? It's from their 1905 collection, which I don't know what that means. I don't know if these shirts are that old. I don't know what that means. Okay, it's but it's pink. But they it said canary on the tag, so I'm wearing I mean, a canary shirt. It's on clearance for twenty bucks. That's a pretty good deal. That is for Joseph A. Baker, pretty good deal on a canary shirt. That's it, a really good deal. Just, yes. The dude code is basically meaningless at this point. It's yeah. just an it's a non-starter <laughs> on every level. Let us know what you think about what we think by emailing the show, Steve at. SteveDace.com. That's D-E-A-C-E. Like us on Facebook, MeWe, and Gab. You can follow me at Steve Day Show on Twitter, Gitter, Instagram, and TikTok. And you can also, if you are a podcast listener, please, please leave us a five-star review. If you like us, thanks to you if you already have. And then hit subscribe or if you're on iTunes, follow. And that way, every time we do a new show, it shows up in your feed every single time. And thank you to all of you that have done that too. This part of the show brought to you by our friends over at Patriot Mobile for a decade now they have been on the cutting edge of building uh, the parallel economy as America's only American mobile phone company. Patriot Mobile offers dependable nationwide coverage, giving you the ability to access all three major networks, which means you get the same coverage you've become accustomed to without funding your enemies. When you switch to Patriot Mobile, you know that you are switching to a company that shares your values, but also 
does a terrific job with their 100% U.S.-based customer service team, uh, and they will help you find the best plan that fits your family's needs. So just go to patreonmobile.com slash Steve today. Use the offer code Steve when you make the switch, and you'll get a free activation when you do that. You can keep your phone, keep your number, upgrade to a new phone, change your number, whatever you want to do. Patreonmobile.com slash Steve. Patriotmobile.com slash Steve or call them at 972-PATRIOT. Are we ready for some feedback Friday? Is it smoked? All right. It, uh, this, this first one is. Okay. Is, yes. And it, uh, this is a sad story that, I, I, I mean, I've just, a variation of this email I have received, I can't tell you how many times the last couple of years. And I, and I just feel as if I, I need to keep resetting it so that we don't forget because it's pretty clear a lot of people want to sherry vaughn writes i was listening to your show uh, i'm about a week behind and i'm at the part where you mentioned the people who thanked you for keeping them uh from getting the jab but are now telling you to stop criticizing trump's role with the jab i hope you never back down I never planned to get that jab, no matter what, even before I heard you speak out against it. Our daughter was 13 when that thing came out. I was never going to let her get that either at that age. It was too soon. We had no idea the long-term effects. At the time, I said, not now. Let's see what happens with it, with it a few years out. Well, it didn't take a few years. My parents were very upset with me for not getting it. We live in Texas. They're just outside of Seattle. They vote Democrat religiously. While they profess to be Christians, and I hope they truly are, I was raised going to church, just not the denomination that they switched to, uh, and, and um, go to their very liberal Lutheran church every week, my mom makes Rachel Maddow her idol. Anything Rachel Maddow says is true. When my dad retired at the age of 78, he just started watching all things on MSNBC and PBS with my mom all day long. They asked me, aren't you afraid you will die without the shot? And I'm not loving my neighbor, which I'm supposed to do as a Christian. Well, I am a Christian in a very conservative Lutheran church. I study scripture and I know my day of death is already determined by God. All I can do is live each day for him until then. In the summer of 2020, my dad was diagnosed with kidney cancer at the age of 80. I still wouldn't get the shot, even though I was told I couldn't go to see him. My brother's girlfriend got the initial shot just so they could fly up and see my dad. My brother's also very liberal. His girlfriend, not as much, but wanted to please my brother. My other brother and his wife refused to get the shot, but because they are the only ones who live within a two-hour drive of my parents, as long as they wore masks and sat outside to talk, they could go to see them. Because of the rabid belief in this shot, my dad drove him and my mom to all his treatments. My mom doesn't drive much anymore, and not in the city, but I think she may have driven them home once when he, wasn't feeling, when he was feeling particularly weak. This is a scary thought, to be honest. What she's saying is he didn't want anybody unjabbed driving him. All because they didn't trust who would pick them up to drive them to be jabbed. My dad, filled with so much anger with blaming Republicans for everything, not realizing how, the precious, how his precious shot was rushed through by Trump, stopped speaking to me months before he died. He called me from his literal deathbed to say goodbye and say he loves me, but there was no remorse, no apology, just a call like any other in the past except for knowing it was the last time we would speak. He died on Christmas Eve. 
I was able to fly up to his funeral. And my mom just said once, uh, my mom said, my mom just said once she wished I had just gotten the shot for myself and our family. I made peace and forgave my dad in the time he stopped speaking to me. So when he died, I was at peace, but I have never backed down or regretted my stance against this shot. Last comment before I end this long story, a coworker whose husband is 70 was just diagnosed with autoimmune disease that affects his balance and speech. The doctor actually told him it was a result of the poison poke. So Steve, I hope you never back down. I know you won't, but I wanted you to know there are so many of us who feel exactly the same way, whether from your influence or from our own suspicions about it. Thank you from Sherry Vaughn. What Sherry's dad was dealing with is idolatry. Republicans are to blame for everything. Donald Trump is Hitler, but I cannot wait to take his experimental shot. Made by evil corporations, of course, that I'm not account that are not accountable to me on any level whatsoever and could literally put anything on the market they want as long as they buy off enough FDA commissioners and it gets approved. By the way, everything I just said is what people like Rachel Maddow, they said things like this yes. all the time 20 years ago. They said things like this all the time 20 years ago. Uh, try four years ago. Rachel Maddow and Kamala Harris were those Democrats who were saying, I'm oh, not yeah. taking a jab from, yeah. from Donald Trump. I remember Kamala saying that in the VP debate with yeah. Mike Pence. Yeah, I'm not taking a, a shot made by Donald Trump. No way. That they're just trying to rush through for the election. Yeah. These things, you know, we, we talk about the whole queers for Palestine thing. You know, and... Have you tried being a queer in Palestine, right? Okay, you know. You know why these things don't add up? It's because this isn't critical thinking. This is idolatry. It's cultic. It's a cult. It's an abandonment of critical thinking in order to identify with a larger group or otherwise what's known as groupthink. It doesn't stand up to any level of scrutiny at all. Everything is, every argument is specious. Every point is fallacious. Um, it, 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 it cannot be, uh, and if you give them power, it'll be felonious. I mean, you can, any, it, it doesn't show up or hold up to any level of questioning or scrutiny or cross-examination at all. And they know this, which is why they don't permit any scrutiny or cross-examination at all. And instead say the things like to RFK Jr., uh, unsci- uh, people, science deniers don't deserve a conversation. Bigots don't have rights. It's all an attempt to avoid being questioned. These are things cults do. This is a cult. Flat out, it's a cult. And this is a tragic story, but one that I will tell you has played out in my inbox. I cannot tell you how many times I have received a variation of this story in the last couple of years. And you know, we have a decent sized audience, man, but we're not Ben Shapiro, Dan Bongino, Glenn Beck, Mark Levin. We're not anywhere close to those shows. I can't even imagine how many of these emails those people have gotten. But, but this drama and tragedy, people permanently separated, can't see their grandkids. Here's a pretty good rule of thumb. If whether or not to receive a medical treatment or to, to 
um, deploy any form of medical protection, like a mask, if we can determine who people voted for on the basis of whether or not to accept those medical treatments or behaviors, they're not medical. That I can promise you. They may be a lot of things. They're not medical. Oh, well. When someone, when someone has an open cut, we don't determine who people voted for, whether or not there's a Band-Aid on it. We determine whether they're a moron or not. That's what we determine. They may be many things, but they're not medical. Were you going to say something, Todd? Go ahead. Well, I w- I, your point notwithstanding, I, listen, this, thing, this is the magical power of vaccines, and this is a snowball that's been gathering momentum for a long, long time. It was just on this show this week when you're interviewing Ron DeSantis. And what was his great biggest regret, his lamentation, that we're probably not going to get accountability on COVID? As much as we've learned. See, this thing is not, this is what, you know, when Aaron used to watch, you know, back whenever it was, 20, what are we talking, Aaron, 2016, 2017, and he's seeing the hate I get for the yeah. rare time where we talk about uh, uh, vaccines. I mean, hate. Just flat out hate. This is what's behind it. These your idol is the biggest and shiniest of all. When you're saying this thing is so important, so important, so important, I take it, I take it, I take it, why won't you? But they don't feel protected by their idol, even, unless you take it. That's how bad it's... It'd be one thing if they lorded it over you as... Dead man walking, I'm good. That's still an idol. But it's so all-consuming that they still provide this level of hate to the point of death with their own family members. And implicit in their argument is that their great idol doesn't even work unless you take it. And Republicans, we know this. this it's is, the only product ever whose failure was yes, blamed on the yes. people who didn't this purchase the, it or use it. This yes. is the lament of Ron DeSantis. This is it, Republicans are obvious. For that to be true, what Ron DeSantis is, said, and I believe it is, Republicans are just as drunk on this idol as everybody else. I mean, listen, I, I shared a tweet yesterday where someone has in their bio Trump 2024 and then goes on to talk about how they were vaccine injured. I mean, this... This cuts every single possible way you could imagine. Okay. I get all the time on that. So oh, you, the, the simultaneously only Trump can solve. He is our dear leader. And then they say, well, he just, every single candidate would have fallen for what he fell for. They say that. I mean, uh, proudly. They're like, no one, no one would have seen tiptoe through the raindrops on that. Well, we were March 2020 right here on this show. Mm-hmm. Three guys in a room saying, hey, slow down. Weak leadership breeds chaos. Strong leadership breeds order. And it is an undisputable fact of sociology of human history, in my opinion, that whatever you incentivize, you get more of. Whatever you disincentivize, you get more of. And when weak leadership breeds chaos, that incentivizes chaotic, stinking thinking. This is at a macro level. 
what we're witnessing here with with every area of the spirit of the age cult. A lot of stinking thinking, a lot of cult-like thinking. And it's because of weak leadership everywhere. And people who know better rewarding that weak leadership by continuing to put them in positions of power. I'm looking at us more than anything, more than, more than looking at them. I'm looking at us. We repeatedly, and I'm talking about whatever is not left of America, whatever's to the right of David French in America, we continually reward weak leadership. Mm-hmm. And that breeds chaos, and chaos incentivizes cults. Dar says real men wear pink shirts. I would know, Dar. I do know that real men wear canary shirts. That's not canary. Thank you, Dar. <laughs> ben, ben writes, my eyes see pink, but the tag says canary. My eyes see dude with balls in a swimsuit, but the tag says prolific female swimmer who is bold and brave. Your shirt is perfect for the times. Just own it. I think he did by reading that one. Yes. Yeah. yes. Steve Coronado <laughs> in California says DEI's letters should be D-I-E. Yep. Just switch it to diversity, inclusion, and equity. That's the whole point. Yeah. I mean, that does seem to be the case. Just want to let you know that in my town of Rapid City, South Dakota, there's going to be a drag queen story hour on Sunday at 2 p.m. This is Rapid City, South Dakota, folks. Oh, been there. While my husband and I do not have any social media accounts, I heard about this as a poster for it was hung in, in a daycare in town. Poster in a daycare in Rapid City, South Dakota for this. I'm not sure if you remember, but a while back, a listener of yours said that he and a bunch of other men stopped one of these events. Oh, I remember. This is one of my best favorite, one of my favorite moments of last year. Uh, they stopped these events by happening to fill all the seats so none of the moms and kids could attend. I mean, I, I thought that was one of the most badass things that I heard all of last year. Uh, I decided to compile a list of 20 churches and asked everyone in my homeschool co-op to email these churches about getting their men to join my husband and fill the seats at this event as well. While I've only heard back from two churches, we already have enough men, I believe, to attend the event and protest outside of it at least. Thank you guys for, for everything you do. While I'm sad and only two churches so far have joined the fight, it's better than none. You guys have given me the strength over the years to fight back, in particular with COVID. I never wore a mask, and I certainly wouldn't get the jab. I was, especially after my first daughter was born, stillborn with the TT, this is a shot I don't know, TDAP, or maybe that's a typo. Do you know what that shot is, Don? TDAP, yeah. Okay, all right, that's the new one. Oh, DTAP, you mean? Yeah. These first? Yes. Okay, all right. I was, one of the, I was one of those moms who ripped the barriers down back in VA where we lived at the time to take my daughter to the playground almost every day. I did it so often that the kids in my military housing development started doing it too. Your shows encouraged me to become better at standing up and fighting back. South Dakota is not the place I thought it was when I moved here, but I am resolved to do whatever I can in my community to make it better and not have it turn in to one of the many blue states I was forced to live in while my husband was in the Navy. That's from Katrina Nesbitt. Good girl. Yep. You know, like one of the, um, this reminds me of one of the biggest disappointments of COVID and this transgender stuff is the, we just never hear stories of police chiefs and sheriffs who go in and with all the back the blue stuff like if if they they just they won't do anything 
I'm they'll, here to, they'll, I'm here, I'm they'll here to charge you with contributing to the delinquency yeah, of a minor. They'll arrest Everyone you. Everyone here is, is charged yeah, and arrested. They'll yes. arrest you if you protest it. Remember, yeah. we ran a, I don't know, more than a year ago, the cops arresting a kid who is pre- reading the Bible. Yeah. They'll, who's in our police forces? I, it, it's it's so disappointing that that sheriffs and, and police chiefs just do not simply say, if I didn't get into this work for this, what the hell am I doing here? Am I just a meter maid? Is this all I'm for? Every now and then I get emails from people who, and hey, we can we can take it too far for sure, okay? But um, that we push too hard on people in our audience doing something. This isn't a theoretical exercise. I mean, if 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 you're if 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 we're not going to give you information and encouragement that is worthy of acting on then we're wasting your time number one we are we are a waste of time we have essentially reduced this format to what todd refers to as sports broism it's just the stakes are higher but these are just teams these this just you know it's it's background. It's something to fill the void when you're doing the work in the law, work in the yard, heading home in a traffic jam from work. I mean, you're you're bored at your kid's little league game or piano recital or ballet recital. Okay, I mean, this is just filler. Despite the fact we're talking about things a hell of a lot more important than who wins the two conference championship games in the NFL on Sunday. On the other hand of this. If you're not willing to act on the stuff we tell you, if it's true, if it's true, and do your own homework to verify it. If, if you're not willing to act on that stuff, though, then you're the filler. You're, you're wasting your own time. I mean, what is the point in listening to content like this and getting all fired up about meaningful things and then doing nothing about them? Honestly, it'd be a better use of your time to just be comfortably numb. You'd be better off being a sports bro. None of that stuff really matters in the grand scheme of things. None of it does. So in that case, if, if we're going to talk about serious stuff and then not do anything about it, then what's the point of the entire conversation? That's the, that's the worst of both worlds. Now you're more informed about the evil we're up against and just don't care. Um, let's go next here. We got time? Oh yeah, we got time. Brian Hampton in Virginia says, all right, let me set this up. We have talked about the, the turnout has been so terrible for Republicans in off year and special elections all of last year. Um, there was one in Florida this year. They did win one in New Hampshire, but it was primary night when a bunch more people voted in the Republican primary than the Democrat one. So we've been talking about that. There's um, Gallup's party ID is saying that Republicans and Democrats, and that's one of the most reliable metrics historically, Republicans and Democrats are simultaneously approaching their all-time record low for party identification in the Gallup poll. They're both tied at 27%. They're each like one point off of their all-time low. It's just usually when this has happened in the past, 
one has done it at the expense of the other. In this case, this is happening to both of them. We are tied for the most Americans ever identifying as independents. This poll is a is a 33-year-old metric. Gallup's been doing this since 1990. The highest ever amount of independence was 43% of Americans in 2014. That's the number it is right now in 2024, 43%. And so where's the energy? We talked about this all last year, looking at on the ground in Iowa, 14% of Iowa Republicans. Remember I was talking about this is a really low turnout event, guys. Even if we have good turnout, 26% of Iowa, 14% of Iowa Republicans voted 14 14. 20,000 fewer Republicans voted in the New Hampshire presidential primary than voted in 2016. Brian Hampton in Virginia has a theory as to what has happened to GOP turnout. The Republican Party has done so little and lied to the base primary voters so often that I believe a large portion of us are just tired of it. And as much as it pains to not vote or hardly support it, how many times do we have ourselves to be tricked and lied to? And most of the time, it's just literally right in our face. I get frustrated when people say, if you don't vote or support so-and-so to save America, that it's your fault. Yet, if I point out my frustration with the party or that candidate because they never do what they say and or just lie anyway, then what is the point? They get mad that way. I am tired of the supposed lesser of two evils as the only reason to vote Republican. The Republican Party in the state of Virginia, even when they had the surprising victory last year, still blew it last week. And I know as well, I'm sitting here, that when Glenn Youngkin's term is up, there will be a Democrat that will win that election next. It's a bad combination when the people and the politicians are both the problem. Well, in, in a republic, they have to both be the problem, because that's where the power for the politicians to become elected derives from, government by the consent of the governed. But thoughts on Brian's theory that that what's truly driving down GOP turnout is it's just betrayed now too many people. And then how that lines up with the Gallup poll showing only 27% of Americans now identify as Republicans. I think there's some of that there. And the one part I totally agree with is not voting is a vote with the right motives. I mean, I, I, that I get. You don't, you, if you're just looking at nothing, you just garbage options, not voting is a, is a reasonable decision, but I, I, I don't think it's a bunch of principled people that are not showing up here and just saying, I've been disappointed too much because the, the people very much show when they're not sick. Saying something like that, they love the show, they're addicted to the show. You push them a little further on principles and what they're willing to do, and that, that just doesn't go very far. It's more apathetic. It's about apathy. It's more about distraction. It's more about uh, cowardice. And a lot of these people do truly believe that, well, I, I'm not a leftist, but we, you know, anything resembling true conservatism to them looks like, oh, I don't want to live in the medieval ages. I, we're just not... Again, I, just watch Band of Brothers. We're just a totally different cut of people. We are obsessed with our comfort and our entertainment and being validated. This is the, no way. Don't look around you at everything else and tell me that this is just a, a for you, maybe. I, I, I fine with you. 
but broadly, the ones who didn't show up are the principled ones. We had a good choice. He was right there. Nobody took him. This Ron DeSantis was in this race. He, it's not his fault that a bunch of garbage came before him. And if you aren't willing to finally eat the steak when it's put in front of you, that's a you problem. That email, that theory is just basically describing drain circling. That's that. That's how I kind of heard it. Um, you know, GOP voters have been stabbed in the back so often, so they're apathetic. They depress their own base. They depress their own base, but yet GOP voters continue to elect the people yeah. who stabbed them in the back. And is it because they're not given good options or is it because they're not demanding good options? It's just a drain circling. That's what we're describing here. It's what our whole country is basically doing right now. I've said a couple of times in the past, our, our entire country right now, right and left, is just grifting off the, the fumes of the generations that built this country. And it's a testament to them that we're able to do it in such comfort and such opulence, really. But that's what we're describing here. But I, I would say, I mean, this, this gets real dark real quick. God can always work in, in amazing ways when we don't expect him to. He's given you the tools to plow your own row, to do things in, with your own platform, no matter how large it is. When enough people understand that and stop trying to rely on other people to do what they are called to do in their own lives, their own families, things can change real fast. That's what we're ultimately, we're not just, we're not just rearranging the deck chairs on the Titanic on this show. We're trying to call out people in their own lives to do what needs to be done, whatever that is. And you know it best, probably, if you're listening to this. When enough people in our country wake up to that reality, things can change real fast. But I think these conversations about the chicken or egg drain circling conversation, yeah. they're just not really. I'll just say all the answers are bad. All the answers are bad. All the commentary is bad. You can't live in a nation and say, I really do believe in we the people. Yeah, that's good stuff there. And then honestly have the opinion you have. You can't, I just don't trust the system. You are the system. You are. We are the system. That, that is true. We are. That's what government by the consent of the governed means. We'll come back. More Feedback Friday next. We've got a special treat for you folks, a wine so rare it sells out practically every time it is released. It's Bonner Private Wine Sunai Elogico. It comes from deep in the Kalaki Valley in Argentina. That's an altitude of about 9,000 feet. It makes it the third highest vineyard in the world. Why does that matter? Well, it preserves it's natural taste, no fining, no filtration, highly rated at 91 points. 
boasting a staggering 10 times more resveratrol and 93% less sugar than the red wines you buy in grocery stores. If you want to know why you care about resveratrol, you can do that research on your own. Bonner Private Wines, a sole importer of this amazing Malbec. If you want to get a bottle of this exclusive wine, you can do so by visiting BonnerPrivateWines.com slash Steve and become a member of their exclusive private wine partnership, the Bonner Private Wine Partnership at BonnerPrivateWines.com slash Steve. But act fast. This one always sells out quickly. And also, if you visit BonnerPrivateWines.com slash Steve, you'll get 50% off other wines there and free shipping. Bonner Private Wines, B-O-N-N-E-R, BonnerPrivateWines.com slash Steve. Let's continue on with some Feedback Friday. Let's take a Marco Rubio break there. Gene Mayo says, I'm a huge fan of the show, have been since the early days of COVID in the summer of 2020. I appreciate all you guys do on many fronts. I just got home from literally a week in the ICU in Oak Ridge, Tennessee. I was in pretty bad shape when they admitted me, gasping for air, etc. I was diagnosed with COVID-related cardiomyopathy. Among numerous other things, I have no idea what six days, what my six days of intensive care will cost. I'm on Medicare, but I'm thinking it'll be a pretty penny. I doubt this is even feasible, but I think Anthony Fauci should be responsible for my and others exorbitant hospital bills. I know nothing about the law and class action type lawsuits, but has anyone else considered something like that? I know this is probably not possible, but honestly, I think it is right that I should be brought to the point of financial ruin while he gets off scot-free. But you, I was going to propose I, an idea, but go ahead. Well, I, of course, agree with you when you say, shouldn't we make Anthony Fauci pay? I mean, talk to me. I Let's let's expand our horizons on what I've he got should pay for. creative ways. Yes, yes. After a fair trial, yes. of course. But this isn't a uniquely... COVID issue. I mean, we've, again, in our desire uh, for comfort and to be taken care of and to treat doctors as the experts and beyond that, our priests, our sis, we, we, we're responsible, we, the people are responsible for this system overall. This is what we want. There is all kinds of at least prima facie evidence that our national health bureaucracy had a hand in the creation of this virus. Yes. Could you go after a clash action lawsuit in that regard? Who was the head of the NIA ID or NIA AID? Anthony Fauci, who was the head of the NIH, which was the overseer of that branch of of the bureaucracy, Francis Collins. Could you do that? Could you, could you say, Hey, Based on the prima facie, and, and, and is there enough prima facie evidence there? I'm not an attorney, I don't know, but um, but is there enough prima facie evidence there that in the right court, like maybe file it in one of these federal courts that have, that forced Anthony, the one that forced Anthony Fauci to give a deposition, for example, uh, the one that... Um, that just forced CDC to, to provide even the text notes uh, from its V-Safe program instead of the stuff that they're redacting or censoring so we don't see. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Go, go, to a, go to a federal, federal jurisdiction um, that has at least shown there's at least somebody on the bench willing to explore these issues. You're going to find people who have been impacted thusly to this everywhere because it was so systemic and file your your lawsuit against 
Fauci and Collins there. I love it. It sounds awesome. But let me respond to you by asking you a question that this guy I know uh, talks about all the time. Steve, are we a nation of laws? No. No. What no. are we? We are a nation of political will. Yeah. Who's, yeah. yeah, you say that. That's right. No. The political will for this. This is, again, back to Ron DeSantis, his greatest lament. We got absolutely raped by COVID and not the actual disease by every other part of it. And people just want to move on. Yes, all that thing. See, if this was, if Steve was in charge, if Steve was king for a day, but most people took the jab. Most people think it saved their lives. Even the ones who know they got hurt by it still vote. Try, I, I don't know what to tell you folks. I'm trying to, this, this, I'm so glad we talk about idolatry all the time, but the magical power of vaccines, I've been telling you for a long time, people love it. And they love this healthcare system that makes them sicker. We're so far down the hole on this. Ethan writes, regarding the enthusiasm gap for GOP voters, one of the things I've been struggling with is an utter hatred for the GOP as an institution. (laughs) To the point where I questioned struggling. Or the, <laughs> I don't struggle. <laughs> to the point where I questioned wanting anybody good to be the nominee, because I worried it would necromance an evil and disgusting party that needs and deserves a horrible, painful death. That might account for some of the apathy in my generation. Every time I every time I examine it, there's no benefit to voting R. I'm not. I I think that's going too far. Okay, but I can't say it's not trending that way. Okay. Um, even in the miraculous event where the candidate is worthwhile, they'll just get mass eater roid, ignored by leadership, while the chattering class provides air cover for their false flag. That last part's largely true. That last part's largely true. Yeah. Certainly. Certainly, this is true at the at the D.C. level. Certainly, it is. I mean, the minimal amount of Democrat policy we are stopping with this weak and emasculated GOP majority, I could actually argue that politically, we'd be better off if they weren't there and more people were forced to suffer under what Democrats truly want to do. That we are anesthetizing them. You see what I'm saying? That there's mm-hmm. yeah. that there's enough of a weak spot there that that they'll just they'll keep doing continuing resolutions and things of that mm-hmm. nature, so that an acceptable amount of this evil sustains itself, rather than forcing the people. I mean, go back to last hour. Why did Shannon Joy ex- express she was the optimistic person on our panel for the exact first time ever? Because in her mind. We're the closest we've ever been to actually hitting rock bottom and maybe a willingness for people, therefore, to, to finally do something about this stuff, right? Well, if we're not going to offer real resistance to what Democrats do, but but allow them to maintain the current baseline of evil and therefore make normalize that to the American people, we're better off, in my view, having Democrats in charge. I mean, if, 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 you've ever have, if you've ever had someone in your family that is a substance abuser or has made a, a, a terrible detour in their life and lifestyle, you know 
making it safe or seem safe and manageable for them to stay in that place is the most self-destructive thing you could ever do. They've got to be taken out of it. And so if we're not going to offer real resistance and the Republican Congress isn't real resistance, at least not yet. In my view, we'd be better off with Democrats just mainlining this stuff and making people suffer more then they'd be more inclined to do something about it. See, this is the ma- see the ma- we can't have the magic R in reverse as the antidote to the other magic R. See, this I don't get. It's keep keep asking theoretical questions about being disappointed and things like that. What are you going to do though when you're actually provided an alternative? Do you not think there was one? You actually had Trump versus DeSantis in Iowa. And this is what you came up with. That I, this is I put the blame on the people who actually did show up and actually chose nonsense when when they actually had a healthy alternative. I, I think you're going way too far in the other direction. You still believe it. You believe in the shadow magic are now. It still has a hold over you. Are you we the people or not? Aaron, what do you think? I think we're we the consumers. Yeah, <clears throat> that's um, kind of that's kind of what we are. And. I don't know how to follow that up from you, Todd, but it's clear just to reset what you said, Steve, people just have not suffered enough. It's, it's that old circuit kind of uh, cycle that you see banded about, uh, strong men create good times, good times create, uh, weak men, weak yep. men create hard times, mm-hmm. hard times create strong men. We are, we are still at the weak men creating hard times. We've not yet gotten to the hard times yet for too, far too many people. And that's what hopefully it would take. And I don't want to say hopefully as I'm hoping for hard times. No, the collateral damage of that is going to be probably in new, just it's, it's going to be hard to, to quantify the collateral damage from people who are legitimately trying to you know, build their own lives. The collateral damage is going to be a bitch. It is. But that's what I, I can't see any other way of us going. It, the only way out is through. It's the great episode from Andor. Steve, have you watched that show yet? The no, great I, episode. I did just finish Ahsoka, though, and I was, I was it, it was surprisingly good. It started slow, but got good at the end. But that episode where they bust out of the prison. Sorry for spoiling this a little bit. One way out, one way out. The only way out of this prison is one way, is busting out. So I I don't see a way of creating the inflection point that I talked about earlier without legitimately hard times where people just say, enough, we cannot live like this. I, I don't see another way. I wish it were not so, but I just don't see another way. And if you watch our show all the time, I don't, I mean, I guess I'm sure there are many non-Christians who do watch your show, but at least if you're a Christian and neither one you said, I don't, when you're you're in your deathbed and you didn't, you didn't act in the name of good or against evil. And if your excuse is, those Republicans are just so disappointing, that's not going to cut it. I don't even know why we have to say it at this point, but I guess we do. It's not going to be your get-out-of-jail-free card. There are just far too many people. You know those reality television shows about, uh, you know, my 600-pound life, something like that? Yeah. Uh, these reality TV shows showing the, the lives of the morbidly obese, and they're, 
their journey from being somewhat in shape to being completely unable to move without assistance. And they just get just get saturated with, with fat and they can't move because they've they've consumed themselves into the ex- this existence. That's what I think far too many people are with yep. the truth. Nailed it. Aaron. We consume it, but we're just we're not doing anything with it. I'm channeling. I, I, I invoked this a few days ago. I'm channeling uh, one Francis Chan in a book that my wife and I are reading right now. And uh, he makes that that point that I just made. There are too many Christians who know the truth, consume it on a lot of places like this, read it in a lot of places like this, and don't do anything. And the result is they are morbidly obese, practically speaking, in terms of what to do with that truth. Hmm. You know, we could look at, and I'm, I, I'm pointing at me when I say we, we could look at all the betrayals of Republicans the other way. We could look at it as, this is God exposing our own idolatry and passivity, showing us that this was never the model and never the outsourcing of all of this was never the model, right? And and was never sustainable and allowing us to to experience this betrayal in the hope it would motivate us to, going back to our, our mission statement for the year, uh, to exercise our dominion. Yes. I mean, that, that we are, we the people. And this is still really about what we think, not who you are. That's another way of looking at it. Real quick, as I get this question a ton. Recently, this is from Scott. My wife and I found out that she's pregnant. We're expecting our first child in August. Congrats. I've been highly skeptical of the child vaccine schedule for a number of years, and recent events have put me just at about a complete anti-vax status. My wife is also skeptical, particularly just given the sheer numbers, yet she's not probably to the same point I am. Um, we both agree we need to decide beforehand which we're going to allow and which ones we aren't. Um, do you guys have any sources or anything of that nature that you would suggest for us? I mean, I'm, I'm not the expert on this nearly I'm one way or the other. I'm, I'm just never been as invested as Todd is. As I've said before, my wife and I determined with our three kids, there were just way too many just on number. So our, our three kids were given the same um, vaccine schedule that was pretty common when we were children growing up and nothing more than that um where where would you direct people to go if they want to get a broader edu- like children's health defense somebody like that they're, they're good about they go to the high wire uh website because they've got a ton of links and they've been fighting and that's Dell big trees outfit they've been fighting at this as hard and long as anybody but along with the actual medical stuff ask yourself fundamentally what are you scared of yeah if you want a little more help than that as well since we've we're going through this currently and um and we'll go through it uh, again. Uh, there's a book that we referred to. I don't know if you've heard of this, Todd, The Vaccine-Friendly Plan by Drs. Paul Thomas and Dr. Uh, Jennifer Margulis. That's some helpful, um, some helpful information there. And then, crucially, find a functional medicine doctor for the new baby uh, that takes pediatric, pediatric individuals, kids, babies. By the way, I, I just... Saw this from Pedro Gonzalez. Do you guys know where Greg Abbott is at right now? India. He's in India. Do you know why he's there? Mm, I didn't know he was there or why. Yeah, he's in India and he's there in India because he is uh, promoting H-1B visas. These are worker visas where immigrants basically come and <laughs> legally, legally take jobs away from Americans. Legally do it. What? 
the timing of that so, is just I. I'd like I gave this it is the most GOP thing of all time, baby. I gave this okay. thing working out as a two. I'd like to amend my two to sub negative integers. Well, the political realities of this of him being boxed in by his contemporaries as peers, that's all still very true. I mean, but I, he's not Sam Houston. Well, I think that's been demonstrated as very true. Yes. Do you, is is Texas media? Like local news, there is. Are they covering this? I'm wondering because I I haven't seen much about this dispute in mainstream media nationally. That's a good question. I don't know that it's come. I mean, there's been a lot of Democrat commentator and political outcry demanding that Biden federalize the National Guard. So clearly, it is it has permeated their you know their bubble to some degree for sure. It's going to be fascinating to watch how this plays out next week. Have a great weekend. We are back on Monday, noon to 2 Eastern, right after Glenn Beck, right here on Blaze TV. Until then, John 317. This is Steve Dace. On the Blaze Radio Network.